Welcome, whoa, welcome to the Eric Lang Show, everybody. Happy Monday, I hope you're having a good day. Um, I hope it's starting off smooth. I had a pretty good weekend. I, uh, I played 36 on Saturday, which was, it was harder than I thought it would be. I was, I played, I got up and played 18 with one of my friends at the club, Danny Nathan, who's a great guy. Sitting in the creakiest eBay, I get, I like the uh, director's chairs, you know, because you got the arm. I feel like if a chair that doesn't have an armrest, I can't get into it. Like when I go to a restaurant, and there's chairs without an armrest. I'm borderline turning around. I don't know. Just give me an armrest. Like I don't know. I'm much more form over. Wait, no, I'm much more function. <laughs> I'm much more function over form. I can't even say what I am. And so anyway, I played. 36 Saturday, and I was wiped. I got up at 5 on Saturday morning, played uh, 18, teed off at like 7. It was a really good round. I was hitting the ball really good, played great. Um, came in with an 80, which I was a little surprised about. I thought it would be a little lower. I had a lot of birdies, um, I think. Nope, that's wrong. I had one birdie. But, uh, but I was putting the ball where I wanted to put it, and I was swinging good and patient. And then a, that was just a twosome. We went out, and then in the afternoon, I came. Well, I, I was playing at three, and I came home in the in the in the break in between the two. Took Snowball for a little walk because unfortunately they don't allow him at Wilshire. Say la vie. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? You know, I, I feel I would like if there was one rule I could change, uh, I would just be like, let me bring my fucking dog because you know what he's gonna do? Make everybody happy. Um, but you know. Uh, I also don't blow against the wind. So, I don't know. Do I blow against the wind? Who knows? Um, so, I came home and I uh, was like, all right, I'm just going to take a little 15-minute nap. Uh, an hour and a half later, I woke up to Snowball literally alerting me of a terror attack on my house. Uh, strangely, it wasn't. It was actually just uh, Max. Max, the uh, intern, Max Garcia. What's up? He's uh, Max is a great guy. We uh, We went out and played with uh, another guy, Chris, who hit me up on Instagram months ago, who's an Englishman but lives in Dublin. And he said, I'm going to be in L.A. And I said, dude, I would love to play. But as always, I can't really make a plan uh, too far out just because I don't really know my schedule. And uh, But I would really love to play. And he came out, and then we played with Thomas Wrighton. Thomas, uh, Thomas is uh, an editor, and he edits a lot of the stuff we do. Not Adventures in Golf, but some other stuff that you probably haven't seen yet. Uh, but you probably have seen on my Instagram, I posted that like Augusta hype video. He just cut that together. We hadn't really even um, met or, or even communicated that much. He just made this video, and I was like, this thing's amazing. And um, apparently everybody really liked it. He's a great editor. So we all went out there and played. And um, it was fun. You know, it was one of these things where I was a little tired in the afternoon. And I was like, oh, man but I just want to go to bed and sit inside in the air conditioning. But, you know, we got out there, and it was one of those things where, once again, like, it was just amazing. We had a great time. And um, none of us, no, no one amongst us had met each other. Uh, and it was the first time I played with uh, Thomas Max or Chris. So that was, it was fun, you know. It was, it was just, again, we watched this experience of going and playing a few holes, and then at the end, we kind of know each other, and we want to, you know, people stay connected. Who knows how these random golf foursomes are going to affect all of us? We don't really know. Hard to say at this point. Um, and then 
you know, I did on Sunday, I went to the club and watched Tiger, um, you know, get as close to winning as you can get with your that, you know, and, um, and then, and then I went out and practiced putting, which was crazy. Callaway was nice enough to give me a putter and a couple other clubs that I don't seem to know how to hit. But I, I got, I, I wanted to warm up that putter a little bit because I'm going to New York on Tuesday. Holler if you're in New York. Um, also, I know I've got a, I've been bad about the messages. I've just kind of gotten inundated with like other BS. You know when you get inundated with BS, Snowball? Where is he? Maybe he must really have some BS. We got Snowball. Snowball got the uh, emotional service animal again. There he is. What's up, buddy? He's coming to New York. I'm so excited. We, him in New York is like just fucking uh, it's heroin and cocaine. You know, it's a good speedball. Right, Snowball? Maybe <laughs> Speedball. Right, Speedball? He needs a bath big time. I'm going to give him a bath, I think, tomorrow. Because I got to give him a bath before I take a shower. Because if he... Because then I got it. Because I smell like wet dog after I give him a bath. So, gonna hook that up. Oh my God, we're only five minutes in. What the fuck are we gonna talk about? Um, and uh, and uh, so anyway, I've been a little bit behind on the messages. My apologies. I will get back to everybody, um, unless, well, you know, no, I'm gonna get back to everybody unless I die. I was gonna say unless I die or unless it's something really offensive that's sent, which actually hasn't happened. No one has sent me an offensive message. I mean, I feel like I should, we should, we should have like a rally around that. Thank you for not for not telling me I suck. Um, now the, the 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 this I post some of the messages that are really inspiring about people being, uh, you know, them being inspired to play differently or to try golf again or anything like that. And you know, it's just it's just a special special game. Um, well, you can hear my AC. You hear that? I think putting in the central air was one of the best decisions of my life. Really was fantastic. Um, yeah, so New York's going to be fun. We're going to do a full, legit meetup on the 22nd of August, which is a Wednesday. It's my last night in town. And we're going to do it up at the True Spec store, which is where Ashley Mayo works. And um, it'll be like, uh, I think we said 6 o'clock on Wednesday night, Wednesday, True Spec, 42nd Street. I'll post about the actual details. But one of the things what Ashley and I are going to attempt to do is uh, record a live podcast, which will be something that neither of us have done. And we'll see how that goes. I think it could be really fun. Um, I think the idea is like, you know, I've been telling Ashley for ages to start a podcast uh, and hopefully that's going to happen very soon, which I think would be really exciting because you could finally um, have another awesome podcast. I don't know. Do you listen to other golf podcasts? Maybe you do. Maybe I'm the, maybe, maybe you have too many golf podcasts. Who knows? But anyway, Ashley's going to throw it out there because you know what? There's more than one. There can be, there can be more than one. That's what, that's what the phrase says. Uh, let's see. I got, um, and then I'm going to go out to the Hamptons for the weekend. Going to go slum it up in the Hamptons. I'm pretty excited. Um, the, uh, uh, Megan and Mike, really great couple out there in the Hamptons with a beautiful child. I have a great house, very warm and friendly. Um, Megan has a really wonderful, uh, golf brand that if you're interested in clothing for your lady, or if you are a lady, 
check out Foray Golf, F-O-R-A-Y. Not really a sponsor of the podcast, but merely a sponsor of my life in that they let me sleep in one of their beds when we go out to the Hamptons. And I'm super pumped to play national uh, with some friends from Instagram. That'll be great. Maybe head over to another course. I don't know. I don't know. Next week, oh, I'm really excited. Whoa, sipping that LaCroix. I got to get it in there, you know? You got to keep the, uh, although the water doesn't hit the voice box, so I don't understand why drinking water is good. When you're talking, maybe uh, maybe I'll find that out one day. So uh, we're going to do also Tom Coyne, the author of a course called Scotland, and before that, a course called Ireland. This guy is the truest definition from a literary perspective of uh, the way I see Adventures in Golf really manifesting itself. And I'm just so excited to meet him because we've been talking and I've been reading his book, which I, you know, I don't read. I'm able to. I just choose not to. I kind of am agnostic when it comes to reading. I, I, I know it's a good thing, but I just choose not to do it. I don't know why. So we're going to hang. We're going to play. We were trying to play um, somewhere interesting, and then we ended up just not being able to schedule that because, you know, as, as, you, um, as you may or may not know, Tom's coming up from Philly. And so he doesn't have, so anyways, it's a timing thing. So we're going to play Fairy Point, which I'm excited with Ash and Jeff. And then we're going to record the shit out of that. And then I convinced Tom to sleep in my couch. And uh, we're going to go, uh, we're going to go out and have a fun night. So I'm pretty excited. Um, so I got, uh, here's one. I got a question from uh, Bartolucci. Well, it says, serious question. Uh, does playing the same course often, being a member specifically, wear some of the magic off? I'm not a huge fan of private clubs, but I am a huge fan of delicious practice areas. Oh, and I'm thinking it's time to pull the trigger, but I worry I won't get the value out of a membership because the course never changes. I've tried testing this theory out by playing the same course five or six times in the summer, but still don't have a good read on it. Curious about your thoughts. Um, that's actually a really good question, and it's something that I was definitely worried about as well just because uh you know as much as i'd like to be i am not made of money and my decisions a lot of them are um sort of uh you know spent around getting the most out of my dollar because i only got a couple uh so i was really worried when i joined wilshire that i would get bored that is uh couldn't have I found out now after three years I've probably played the course I don't know I've probably played it a couple hundred times I mean it's been 900 days I've been a member no it's wrong it's maybe three nine hundred carry the two nine hundred days oh yeah I've played it I played it probably 250 times now I can't, that's crazy to me. And it doesn't get boring at all, not even remotely. In fact, it only gets more interesting. It's like a, it's like a long, it's like a wife or a husband. It's a long-term relationship. It's like a dog. You don't get sick of it because you're always changing and your game's always changing and it'll, you'll never beat it. At least, you know what I mean? You might beat it, fine, okay, you might beat it. But you're never just gonna go out and shoot the same score every day. You're never gonna do the same exact sequence of holes, of scores, of strokes. The one thing that does get annoying is when you find, is when you finally, I was joking with Danny, like we joined, he joined a year ago 
And he was like, yeah, you know, you get to this, you, you, it's so wonderful for the first year. And then there's a funny thing that happens when you're finally have a complaint when you're finally like, wait, this actually, I don't like this part of this because I don't know. Like I grew up in a family where we didn't have, um, you know, uh, we we didn't join private clubs. We didn't. We never went. There was a there was like three pools in my town in Madison, and we went to the public one. Like there was another private one, and I think there's two private ones and a public one. And I barely even went to the public one. There was one that was like a private pond, you know, Noe Pond. I remember, and I remember uh, I tried out to be a lifeguard, and they were like they threw a brick into the pond, and I had to go get it, and I was like. I came up empty-handed like so many times, and they were like, you're out. And I was like, no, I guess it's not for me. Um, I just, you know, wouldn't it be great to be a lifeguard, though? Like, think about it. You get the red pants. You get a tan. You just, all the girls are like, oh, he's could save my life one day. And then they're like, oh, I can't swim. And then you jump in, and you're basically David Hasselhoff, but without the drug problem, ideally. And so, anyway, private club for me was very unusual, and it took me a while to be there long enough to say, oh, you know what? And I'm actually really proud of the things that I've said, you know what, to. Like, you know what? This could be better. One was the coffee cups. I was like, guys, they had these styrofoam coffee cups with the dumbest, like, the chintzy little plastic lid that, well, they're all plastic. But you know what I mean? The one that's like, it folds in. And you feel like you're at a truck stop in Idaho. Um, great state. But, I mean, you know, like, a truck stop, nevertheless. And I was like, we need like Starbucks cups, like get us the good cups. Like I don't, it makes me not want to drink coffee. And then they got the good cups. And then I was like, all right, now next up on Eric's list of things to shit suck. What does that even mean? Um, I was like, we should get wooden teas. And apparently I wasn't alone in that, but apparently, apparently it may be Sean Tully or a listener who knows about architecture or grass could enlighten me on this. But apparently plastic teas are better for the grass and the overall maintenance of the golf course. So whatever the fuck, we ended up now we have wooden tees, and now, now probably there's going to be a detriment to the grass itself. I don't know. And uh, now the problem I have at the club is the, uh, the fucking bucket in the sauna is broken. And I'm like, why? It's, it's gotten so bad. First the handle was kind of split, so it dripped water. And then the bucket was this beautiful little wooden, like, you know, the sauna bucket. And then the wood started to break, and now it's just a little plastic jug with no handle. And I'm like, am I the only one that's using this thing? And I've considered going on Amazon and just buying one. But I'm kind of like, guess who fucking already pays way more than they want to for this place? I'm not going on it. I'm the least, I'm the last guy who should be buying. The, although, even though I do use it the most, maybe I should just get the fuck out of my head and just buy it. Like, I would buy it if I had a sauna. Maybe I should just not be so fucking stingy. Why am I so stingy when it comes to some things, you know? And, um, anyway, playing the course over and over, it does not get old. It, it really doesn't. And, and the practice facility at Wilshire's, uh, you know, okay. I could complain about that. The range isn't long enough. The bunker you can't see over. So you don't know how your ball's reacting on the green. But that said, I was out there, I was out there yesterday, uh, practicing putts, practicing with the putter. And I just, and, and I think, you know, when you go beyond the course, I guarantee the course won't get old. And sure, there are aspects of the course that I would now walk through and I'm like, that's dumb. That's annoying. I don't like that. You know, there are other courses where it's much, you know, it's it's playable in certain ways that Wilshire isn't. And that could come and go, um, you know, when any course, you never know. And that's just a decision around the course that you choose. Um, but, you know, the, the greatest thing about 
the, the thing that I didn't expect about the private course is the love, right? It is really like a familial, friendly, um, uh, cultish feeling when you go there and there's just people there. Like, like one of my favorite things is you roll up solo and you just run into people and that's really nice. And then, but the flip side of that is that, well, why doesn't that exist everywhere? Why is a public course literally like very transactional, right? It always seems like the pro doesn't like me. Um, you know, it always seems like there's no one there who wants to join up. Everybody wants to play as a, as a, as the group that they came with. Whereas at Wilshire or any private club, you show up and you just play with whoever. Oh, yeah, let's play. Oh, you want to go play? Let's go play. Oh, I don't know anything about you. I know, I know your face. Um, uh, I know you're always wearing that, uh, you know, I could tell who you are or whatever, but I don't know anything actually about you. We're, oh, wow. You grew up here. Oh, cool. So that's really an interesting. And, and then as well, the, 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 the staff is just so wonderful. They're so kind. You can tell that they love their jobs and that they like the place that they're in. One of my favorite memories about Wilshire is uh, one of the guys in the pro shop that doesn't work there anymore, Walter, was like, hey, what are you doing on Friday? Uh, this was around Christmas time. And I was like, oh, I'm just nothing, man. I'm just hanging. Like, I don't really make a lot of plans. I just kind of, I'll just do whatever, you know. And, and actually, frequently, that's most of the way my games at Wilshire go. Someone just says, you want to play tomorrow? And I say, sure. Like, I don't, I, it's weird. I Sometimes I do invite a lot of people out, but usually I just kind of show up and hang and wait. Anyway, Walter was like, what are you doing Friday night? And I was like, nothing. And he was like, come over to Wilshire. We're having a little party. And I was like, great. I showed up. It was like a no joke. Like it was like 400 people. And uh, it was, <laughs> I finally found Walter. He had a little table. They were eating dinner. There was a buffet. And it was a Christmas party. And um, I looked around after a while. And I was like, Walter, where's everybody else? Like, where are, where are all the other members? And he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> he was like, dude, this is the employee Christmas party. <laughs> and I was the only guy there who wasn't an employee. But I was one of the best nights of my life, man. We just had such a good time. And they were give, giving away TVs and raffle, and everyone was dressed up, and everybody was in a great mood. And Rick was there, the head pro. I'm trying to get on the podcast soon. And, you know, it was just really special. And, you know, the, those that's, that's actually one of the more memorable times I've ever had at Wilshire was sort of going there and really getting a chance to celebrate people that have devoted large part of their lives to the betterment of what you know if you exclude the private part of it but if you look at a community building place it's a community building unfortunately people have a lot of money you know and that's that's unfortunate but you know um I, you know ah, that's, that sucks that's the one that's the one part that sucks is you just wish everyone could go and you know i would like to see uh you know maybe public courses doing the same thing offering the same uh, familial aspect to it. I don't know how you do that. I don't know if there's any financial incentive. I don't know if people would actually do it. But that's one of the things that, you know, when we do this random golf club thing and we go out and play 23 people on a, on a tee box, that's the idea, you know, is, a, is an experience of equality and an experience of, you know, openness that, that, you know, currently doesn't exist in golf even at a public course. So, you know, to answer your fucking question with incredible thoroughness, I'm going to say it doesn't get old. Um, what do we got here? What do we got here? What's going on? Um, I'm going to answer another question. Holy shit. You know what? I'm going to get back to these questions. I'm gonna just going to read. I'm going to do a quick, I'm going to do a quick ad read. All right. Uh, I'll get the vegan one over quick. The first one, if you're vegans, fast forward and then give me two minutes 
And, uh, and then you can go back to not being offended, those of you who are vegan. I've only gotten one message from a guy who's vegan. And you know what? I fucking respect you. I respect the vegan idea. And like I said, I tried it. I just really didn't like it. <laughs> um, but that's just me. I got my blood type. They were like, eat a lot of red meat, kid. And I was like, noted. Uh, do you have any venison? Sorry. Okay. Anyway, just give me a second. We're going to do this real quick. All right, ButcherBox, everybody. I am excited to talk to you about ButcherBox because now I'm cooking more than I ever have. Not entirely true, but not entirely false. Uh, you know, I got this fridge full of amazing uh, chicken steak, and it's all frozen. It comes in the ButcherBox, and then I just drop it in the fridge in the morning, and then at night when I've got a little date planned, maybe with the dog, maybe with myself, maybe with another human being. Actually, the other night I had four guys over and we fucking housed this chicken, these chicken breasts they gave us. And um, I mean, it was some of the best chicken I've ever had. We just put it in the oven, baked it with some olive oil and a bunch of seasoning. Anyway, it delivers right to your door. It's high quality, healthy protein you can trust with free shipping anywhere in the 48 states. Has anyone seen Who is America? This Sally G show, this uh, Sasha Baron Cohen show, it's brilliant. 100% grass-fed and finished beef. I don't know what finished means, but whatever. Free-range organic chicken and heritage breed pork. I think I'm going to try that tonight. That's, quote, old-world pork before they bred out all of the da-da-da-da-da. Anyway, exclusively for the listeners of The Eric Lang Show, ButcherBox is offering $20 off plus a free bacon. Not just a slice of bacon, y'all. It's a fucking slab of bacon. Uh, two easy ways to try ButcherBox. You can visit ButcherBox.com, and when you check out, use the discount code ERIC. That's with a K. Or even easier than that, just use butcherbox.com slash Eric. There's an even easier link in the podcast description below. So hit up that butcher box. Get your protein in, guys. Don't suffer from low testosterone because you're just eating leaves all the time. Okay, we're back. And greater than sports drink. Hey, y'all, I've got a fucking greater than sports drink right in front of me. I'm doing tropical medley today. And uh, wonderful enough, you can call it coconut water because that's what it's made with. It's got no added sugar. And uh, you know what? I like it. Mm -hmm. It is just a good drink because it doesn't taste sweet, you know? Check out the ingredients. Filtered water, coconut water from concentrate, apple juice, pineapple juice, monk fruit. Don't even know what that is. Juice, natural flavors, sea salt, vegetable juice, and citric acid. There is not an ingredient in there that sounds fucking scary. Do you know what I'm saying? Sugar is 9 grams. I mean... That's not bad, and it's all actual sugar. It's not added sugar. And anyway, this shit is legit. I like it. It's uh, What's great about it, too, is it's 11.2 ounces. And with the container, you can crush that shit and throw it away when you're done. Um, yeah, anyway, so when you walk five miles and play golf, and then I got another five miles to walk my dog, 4,000 calories total between golf and snowball. I can't be drinking all that much sugar and Gatorade. It's true. You drink a Gatorade, you feel like a jerk. I need something that is much healthier. Guess what it is, y'all? It's greater than a sports drink. It's the anti-Gatorade because if you hate Gatorade, you'll love it greater than. A blend of coconut water, juices, and sea salt. All those ingredients keep me hydrated. And greater than a sports drink is also refreshing and delicious and nutritious. You will love it. Orange, mango, and the grapevine are my top two flavors. But I think Tropical Medley just took it over. Yeah, it's got oranges and pineapples and shit. It's so good. Anyway, many flavors to choose from when you go to drinkgt.com and explore. Plus, it's double the electrolytes and half the sugar of normal sports drinks like Gatorade and Powerade. 
Uh, that got a little Aussie there. DrinkGT.com, order yours direct to your home, like Vice Golf Balls or Butcher Box. I mean, basically all this shit is coming straight to you. Look, I could literally feed you, we could go, we could beverageize you, and you can get balls just from listening to the podcast. How great is that? Uh, they even have a subscription program. Use code ERIC at checkout for 20% off your purchase at DrinkGT.com. Code ERIC, E-R-I-K. You can even purchase a trial pack for 6 bucks. I think that's saving two bucks. Did you hear that? I just saved you two dollars. Go ahead and order it, guys. I'm not even kidding. The guy is actually really cool, Mark. And we're going to talk about doing some more work together because he's a rad supporter of the arts. Vice Golf Balls, y'all. Visit vicegolf.com. The new commercial starring yours truly are premiering on the Golf Channel now. The one we have on TV is me in Japan in a snowstorm. It's actually really, really good. I was super pumped by the production of that stuff. And I love that you guys think it's funny. Like I posted two on my Instagram and that just makes me so happy when it's fully in line with me and you and them. It really makes for a wonderful scenario, doesn't it? Think about it. It's like a circle. It's like a Sisyphus or a, uh, what is it when something, a snake that eats itself, Ouroboros. It's like they pay me to make the content. Then you watch the content and then you pay them to make the ball, to buy the balls. And then they pay me to make the... Con- it's like a triangle of love. Uh, Vice Golf doesn't mess around with retail, y'all. High-quality golf balls shipped to you at a low price because there's no middleman. When you're in bed, you want to just be fucking one person, okay? You don't want a third guy in there trying to fuck you or get fucked by someone else. You just want two people, and that's how the Vice Golf relationship works. Didn't think I was going to say that when I started talking about Vice Golf. Get fucked by one guy. Uh, one gr- uh, Just one golf ball, please. A sleeve, actually. Give me three balls. I'll fucking pay you. <laughs> okay. I need to shut this down real quick. Uh, don't be slow on the course when you can spot an awesome yellow ball. That's why I play them. Vicegolf.com. Buy the balls now. Um, yeah, check that out. And while you're at it, get your feet covered with some Adidas golf shoes. Uh, fuck, I'm so excited. They got some cool limited edition ones coming out. I met with jo- uh, Joel last week and... I'm pretty pumped about what's on the Adidas agenda. So check out the Adidas golf shoes because don't be an asshole and play golf barefoot because nobody does that on the PGA Tour. Nobody. They don't wear flip-flops. They wear Adidas golf shoes, all of them, even the players that are sponsored by other companies, shoe companies. It's crazy. They make the best shoes, I'm telling you. Um, I spent a long time uh, you know, loving Adidas before actually really being able to say, now I work with them. It's such a cool thing. Check them out. The the 360 knit is legit. The cross knit boost is legit. I even just got a pair of these. Uh, oh shit, what are they? Where are the shoes? Snowball, bring me the shoes. They they make a Stan Smith golf shoe, and they also make an Addy Pure that's like uh, Justin Rose's shoe. He co-designed it, and it's like all leather. I put it on and actually felt Italian, even though it's a German company based in America, which doesn't make any sense. But did any of these ad reads really? So anyway. Love it, love it, love it. Check it out. All right, bye. Back to the show. All right, we're back to our regularly scheduled program. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to say also, I'm very pleased and so uh, I I love all the messages about the pods that you guys like because that's really, that really helps me to program it the way you want to hear it. Um, people were saying that they loved the Jim Urbina one and the, and the Tully one. What's funny about the Jim Urbina one is I felt so bad because it was so noisy. You know what I mean? Like it was the noisiest place on earth. The phone was ringing. Some kid came in in the middle. We had the, we had the podcast on top of a safe. I don't know why there's a safe in a pro shop. I don't know what was in there. It was so valuable. But anyway, 
they uh, they kept coming in, and it was like the kids, and then the phones ringing, the doors closing. I realized the door was open the whole time, so we could hear them laughing in the hallway. But what's great about it is that no one fucking cared. It was just a great conversation with a great dude. And Sean Tully, like everybody loved that one too. So I'm really going to try to do more with these architects, with these great people, lovers of the game, who work on the game, who basically make the game that we play. So I'm really going to try to focus on that. Again, I really try to do the podcast in person because it's just, I don't know, the phone you lose a lot. That said, we've got a great one with Blair O'Neill this week. We did it over the phone because she was in a different state. Not consciously, but as far geographically, she was in Arizona. But we did it over the phone, and we're going to just keep experimenting with how best to make the podcast twice a week and really get it to you legitly, legit, legitimately, legitimately. Okay, one more question. Hey, man, big fan of what you do. I've been. It's been good seeing someone who's not trying to act like a tour pro. Copy that. That I'm not trying to do that, but is happy to do their own thing. Also, that is me. I do. I literally. I can't do anyone else's thing. I've tried. Uh, it's inspired me to be myself in the golf environment. Thanks. Well, that's cool, man. I, unless you're a murderer, I support that decision completely. Um, question. The private golf course thing is alien to us. Another private golf question. Uh, over here in the UK. I was wondering if you could have some tips on how to play or access the private courses in the US. I know Cypress, whoa, I know Cypress and Augusta are impossible, but there must be ways to access some of the other courses which are private. Um, ah, fuck, man. I mean, again, this for me is a tough one, and it's the really, it's one of the most difficult parts of golf, you know? Like, when I first started playing golf, I was like three months in, and I was just hitting balls at Wilson and Harding, and I just thought all the courses were private. I didn't realize that there was actually really magical courses out there that are public. Um, I mean, playing a private course, dude, it's just like, it, it's a weird thing that it happens the first time. It's a weird little culture that, that you're like, oh, like I remember the first time I played a private course, it was actually Wilshire, surprisingly. Um, I was working on a movie in Detroit. I was doing a behind the scenes video. I was kind of like uh, Captain Kurtz in, um, um, uh, Apocalypse Now. So I'm like, I, when you make a behind the scenes movie, in uh on the big screen you know and they're making this 30 40 50 100 million dollar movie they hire like a, a little team or sometimes just one person sometimes me to go in and shoot the making of the movie do interviews with the actors and then edit it together into some type of digestible format so that was like my first real job in video because part of that i was just doing photography so in the process of, I went to Detroit for a couple weeks and I and I just started playing golf I think for like nine months or something and I was a freak for it. And I, and I, and I, uh, I don't even think I had irons at the time. I think I just, no, I must've had a couple irons, but anyway, we were, Oh no, what it was is I didn't have clubs with me in Detroit and we were staying in this hotel. And so I went out and bought a set of ping I twos at a garage sale and the black standard. I don't know where they are. Oh no, they're at my parents' house in Georgia. Hey, I would like to play with those clubs. Um, and, uh, and so on, in the process of working on that film, you know, I met, um, uh, all the people on the crew, obviously. And, but anyway, oh, the Captain Kurtz analogy. It's like, I was literally, no one knew my mission. No one gave a fuck what I did or whether I was in my, my existence was totally irrelevant to most people. So I, uh, anyway, I got my job done and I would get the, I got the clubs and on the weekend I'd go play just wherever around Detroit. And, um, you know, this is long before I had any endeavors of working in golf or doing anything. Golf was just fun. And, um, yeah, it's so crazy to think about that, you know, like just how you could take a snapshot of your life before you 
had the event that occurred that made you into, to some extent, who you are right now? Well, I don't know. Whatever you do out there, I mean, there must have been some type of, uh, you know, progression to the to the current state you're in. Um, and so, anyway, the, some of the guys that worked on the crew, the writer, the two writers and the director and the producer all played golf. And th- these are the highest guys. It was Richard Gere and Martin Sheen were in the film. And uh, some of the people... One of them was an a-hole, not one of those two. Those two were awesome. I got to interview Richard Gere, man. I sat in a room with Richard Gere. How cool is that? And Martin Sheen. Dude, I was blown away. It was I was like literally, I was like 30. I didn't know shit about shit. I had no crew. I set up the lights myself. I set up the camera. I would, I would hit record and then I would sit down in a chair and I'd be like, so Mr. Sheen, tell me about how cool it is to be Mr. Sheen. And this is also before all the Charlie shit went down. And uh, anyway, the yeah, the, the the main guys on the film, like the top top, the director, writer, producer, were all big golfers, you know, and uh, and they were like, you know, I told we would talk about golf, and I was just like, man, I'm crazy for it. And Derek, one of the the writers, was like, well, yeah, let me know when you're back in L.A. Would love to play sometime. I'm a member of Wilshire, and I was like, oh, whoa, and I didn't even ever. There was no desire for me to play a private course. I it just. I was just public through and through. I loved the public golf. And anyway, Derek was like, come play Wilshire with me. And I remember I waited like a year. I didn't text him. Uh, I don't know why. And then I was hanging with my friend and he's like, <clears throat> I don't know how it came up, but he was like, he was like, uh, any cool places you're going to play golf at soon? And I was like, no, nah, man, I just play Wilson. I play Rancho. I play Los Verdes, right? I played the three public courses and I would just roll up with like poorly fitting pants and a t-shirt and it's just like my shitty, dirty ass golf shoes and my shitty bag and, you know, just my shitty swing. <laughs> and I just had no clue, man. I had, I had no idea what was about to happen, right? I had no idea. I was merely, uh, you know, I wasn't even walking, right, as far as the golf child analogy might go. I was just crawling, and I loved every minute of it, man. I just loved it, dude. And I loved meeting people and, you know, just staying out until the fireflies came out. We don't have those in L.A., so that's a manufactured memory. That never happened. There were sometimes in Georgia. But but anyway, uh, Derek, finally I texted him a year later. I felt like I was maybe good enough to play Wilshire. And he said, yeah, come on out. So we went and he said, he texted me. I wish I could read the text. He said, yeah, come on out. We'll play Friday morning, 8 a.m., uh, belt, collar, uh, you can wear shorts, no flip-flops, and don't change your shoes in the parking lot. And I was like, oh my God, here we go. Oh my God, these are so many rules. I don't even know how to handle it. Went out, uh, was very nervous. I hit the, got there super early. I hit the range like a maniac. Derek was so nice. He was like, you want food? You want coffee? Paid for it all. Like, I was like, oh my God. And, um, and then we go, and I hit my drive on number one. It's not the longest hole. It's like 370. And I had a cut right up in the fairway there. Then I had a little gap wedge, maybe a pitching wedge, maybe an eight iron. I can't remember what club I hit seven years ago. I'm sorry. (laughs) But it was a lot like the first hole at Augusta. Sorry about that. Uh, But it was. I hit a cut, and then I hit like a little, like I don't know, it was a short iron in. And then I had like a a 30-footer, drained it, cross-country style. And I had birdie. 
birdied, birdied my first hole at Wilshire, which I had no idea at that time that I would ever be a member there. So anyway, that's I didn't answer your question at all, and I'm sorry. Uh, there is no way to play private courses unless you know someone who belongs to a private club. But now you do. So hit me up if you're in L.A. I'd be happy to take you out to Wilshire. It costs you $5,000. Nope, sorry, I didn't mean that. I get it. you got to pay for your fees. you got to pay for your caddy. That's all I request. And I can only plan it really a couple of days before. But that said, I'd be happy to have you out to Wilshire. What's mine is yours, okay? Um, so that's really the only answer I can offer you. So you know, if you send me a message and say, what are you doing in March of 2019? The answer, unfortunately, is I have no clues do I have. But if you text me a message and say, I'm coming out on Saturday, and it's Thursday, and you say you want to play Saturday afternoon, it has to be in the afternoon also. I can't really play with guests in the morning because it's just like the, the rules are crazy. But if you want to get a game in the afternoon and you want to pay for every fee that you can possibly conceive of feeing yourself there, you can play at my private course in Los Angeles. And that's just, you know, that's always been the case. And I always I always am very sharing about that because, you know, on the, on the world of our... Relate the, the the communication that we have, where we talk about golf and we talk about life and adventures. I know that if you listen to this fucking thing, that it's that it's that we would get along no matter what. And I know that the the whole point of it all is in more. It's all more. It's all sharing. It's all it's all excitement for you, right? And the more that I make it about me and me wanting something and my time being important and that not liking the bush where it is and wanting a new fucking coffee lid. That leads to ultimately frustration and disappointment and, you know, kind of like loneliness in some ways. But the more I can walk around, and I see it every round I play almost. I have a decision, right? I have a decision to walk up and either behave one way and focus on one thing, probably negative, or behave in another way and focus on another thing. That is literally the essential moment of manifestation. If I am going to manifest anything in my life, it's going to happen from that first little sprout of the seed where I choose to look at things positively or negatively. And you know, what's funny is when I played with Thomas this weekend, we kind of joking around, we, we realized that we were there option. Uh, we were on the golf course optionally. It was an option. And therefore, golf in itself is a choice. And we kind of had this idea like, oh, my God, that should be a shirt. Golf is a choice, man. You know, it's an opportunity and it's a choice. So anyway, um, I've ranted. I've raved. I've said things that are smart and things that are dumb. And, and I hope that, you know, if you're a member of a private club, that maybe you also make it available to random people out there. Uh, and if you're a member of Pine Valley, one of those people could be me. <laughs> I'm kidding. I am very much looking forward to playing all sorts of wonderful private clubs. And I, I take that with a grain of salt because the truth is the magic of golf does not exist behind a pearly gate. It really exists in your own mind and whatever stupid patch of grass that you're on top of, how you relate to that and how you relate to yourself. Private or not, golf exists in our minds without any equivocation. You cannot argue it with me in any way possible. I will always be right. And if you don't agree with me, then I completely understand and I actually would love to read your argument, but there is no other way to describe golf than existing in your mind. That said, under that same analogy, golf and life exists in your mind. There is no life without your own mind. Um, you know, because once the great thing about the mind is that it observes everything faster than our conscious mind can even abbreviate it, right? It's just subconscious, the entire experience. Okay, I just took acid clearly, and I wish you a great week. 
Look forward to sharing Blair O'Neill with you. Thank you so much for listening to The Eric Lang Show. Again, check out Rain. Check out fucking uh, Vice Golf. Check out Greater Than, man. It is a good, solid drink that will keep you hydrated. I'm hoping to get some into Wilshire. I'm carrying it with me. I'm going to bring it to the meetup in New York on Wednesday. Check out Adidas and check out Vice, y'all. Support the fam. Keep it real. Send me those messages. I'm going to get on the returns. i got a flight on Tuesday. I'm definitely going to dig in deep while Snowball rests his stanky little head on my lap and makes everybody in the plane and the airport smile. I would love to just get a, a photo of Snowball in the cockpit. How great would that be? I'm going to I'm gonna really go for that. I'm going to manifest a photo of Snowball. Oh, my God. I forgot the craziest story that happened the other day. I met the club and Mark Wahlberg's a member. And I was like, you know, I've never talked to him. I've never even been in the same room as him. And and I've heard all these stories about how he plays golf. You know, he's like, he plays in like an hour and a half, which is I respect completely. And so I get to the range on Saturday morning and he's out there hitting balls. And, you know, whatever. There's a few people standing around him. It's definitely a little bit different than, you know, if Mark Smallberg was there hitting balls. So Wahlberg's out there. I clock him. I just leave it alone. You know, what am I going to do? Walk up to him? I'm not going to say anything. He'd be a great guest on the podcast for sure. But you don't just walk up to someone on a Saturday morning when he's when he's having a of, of a fun round of golf. He's not working. And so I just ignored him, you know? And, um, like 10 minutes later, I'm hitting balls and he comes up to me and he goes, Hey, uh, how you going? And I'm like, I'm good. How you doing? And, and he's like, yeah, man, did I see you in that thing? That thing the other day? And I was like, well, what thing? I was like, am I wanted? <laughs> I was like, am I, is this bad? And he's like, no, you did that video where you tried to make a par. And I was like on 16. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Good job. And I was like, huh, wait, wait, guys, Wait, wait, Mark Wahlberg just recognized me. That was really funny. And the make a par video is pretty fun. I got apparently I got a lot of shit on it because no one believed me, but I made a fucking par, all right. I actually would hit it. My first drive was a peach of a draw, and I had hybrid in, but uh, the girl who was recording it didn't press record, so I couldn't use that drive because I didn't film it, and I felt like that would have been a lie. So then I hit again, and I went into the tree, and it dropped straight down, and I had like three. 90 out so then i hit a weak hybrid and then i hit an eight iron 175 and no one wants to believe me that i did that everyone's like awful swing he wants to do this and i was just like you know what i'm not even gonna engage because i did it i know that i did it i did make a par and um i had a great time making that video they are really satisfying golf views check it out g-o-l-f-v-i-e-w-s um also if you want a good instagram account to follow check out tanks good news I dig Tank's good news. It's all good news. Let's I'll read one for you. Let's see. Let's check out Tank's good news. Play up. Oh, man. How's the community? You fucking almost there yet? Jesus Christ. Whoa. Instagram. Instagram's crazy all of a sudden. What? No, I don't. What the fuck? I'm in some crazy page I've never been in. Uh, Normal. No. Take me back. Take me back. How about that video of Tiger walking with a backwards hat? That was so good. Tanks good news. 830K followers. Um, dog with cancer crosses find a home off his bucket list. Uh, see, it's just sweet news. This boy, so it's a it's it's a picture of a kid watching an old guy in the subway playing a video game. It said, this boy was quietly watching a man play a game on his phone. As soon as the guy noticed, he let him play. And it's a picture of him handing over his phone to the little kid. I mean, come on. It's just so cool. Here's one. uh, Lance Corporal Kyle Carpenter received a purple heart for jumping on a grenade to protect a fellow Marine. And it's a picture of him. And this guy has got some scars, man. And, you know, 
it's just that ah, god you get me talking about the military man Ooh, uh, here we go. This man pulled, pushed, and lifted his disabled twin brother through an entire Iron Man. Oh my god, I didn't see this one. That's unbelievable. His brother is like severely disabled. He, he sort of, uh, I don't know what he has, but. Oh man, that's really sweet. This man pulled, pushed, and lifted his disabled twin brother through an entire Iron Man. Like it's a picture of the guy just carrying him. Anyway, if you want your heart warmed, check that shit out. The one that I remember the most is the woman sitting at the altar with an older man. And it says, woman uh, given away at the altar by the man who uh, has via transplant her actual father's heart. So riddle me that. Fucking, there is good news out there. Have a great week, everybody. I'm looking forward to sharing Blair's podcast with you on Thursday morning. Hit me up if you're in New York and uh, hit him straight. And if not, fuck it. Just keep playing. 